Without saliva, the oral microbiome is affected. The oral microbiome needs the pH stabilization effects of saliva. It also needs the fluidity and the viscosity of saliva to create biofilms. So without saliva, your decay rate goes up by quite a bit. Welcome back, everyone. Again, another episode of Ask the Dentist. Uh, Today, we're going to actually answer two questions. I had to throw in Izzy's question because it is absolutely adorable. It's a question that gets asked often, but by a mom or dad, and Izzy is the one asking, so I thought I would include that. And it's important to to know these things. So we're going to hear from Izzy about a wiggly front. Actually, it's a back tooth, but it's wiggly, and it's giving her some issues. And then we're going to hear about something that's much more serious and, and again, I'm, I'm glad that Calhoun asked it. It's following surgery, probably some radiation therapy for throat cancer. And now I think it's probably five, six years later, you know, I'm sure there's uh, an increase in decay. And he's been asked to be very aggressive with a very strong fluoride rinse to prevent that from happening. And I'll explain why that is the case. And he asks a very good question. He's worried about the fluoride toxicity. Is there something in fluoride's place that he can use that would accomplish the same thing, protect his teeth with his low saliva counts. I'm going to discuss all of this. So anyway, two great questions today. Let's get right to it. So my tooth is wiggly um, on the back and it's really wiggly, but in the front, it's like stuck to the gum. And then whenever I try to like pull it out and like just use like, um, like, tips on how to take it out it always hurts a lot and it bothers me and it also kind of stops me from eating since it hurts when I chew and I've been trying to like eat crunchy foods but it doesn't work and um it also kind of stops me from talking too so right now it kind of hurts when I talk. Izzy thank you so much for asking that question it is a very Relevant question. I get asked that often, typically by mom or dad, and I'm I'm very glad that you're asking it. I, I love it when young people, children, speak up, and you know that they have a toothache. They're like, "Mom," typically, <laughs> or, or dad. Sometimes uh, they'll say, "I need to go see the dentist." I just get so excited, and I'm very pleased when I hear that. The parent will say, oh, it was my child that wanted to come in. And I, even if it's, and typically it's nothing that's a big deal, but, and I don't make it a big deal, but I want to cement or reinforce that behavior where if they've noticed something different in their mouth and they come in, we're going to sit down and talk about it and visualize it, look in a mirror and and thank them for, you know, pat them on the shoulder for making that call. And and again, it's usually the opposite. Nobody wants to come in and see us and they delay, delay, delay. And of course that works up into later into the adult years. And the longer we wait, the worse these situations get. So again, we try and reinforce that behavior. Thank you, Izzy, for asking. Anyway, very simple answer. Uh, this is very typical. This happens often. Maybe you've experienced this before. Some teeth come out easily, some do not. I think a lot of people, a, a lot of kids, a lot of parents are surprised that when the tooth does come out, there is no root structure. It's just the crown of the tooth. The roots resorb. I'm talking about the baby teeth, the deciduous teeth. And when they resorb, as the adult teeth are coming in from underneath, 
only the crown is left. And sometimes there'll be a lot of fibrous tissue in the place of where the root was. And that's what's allowing the tooth to move, to be mobile. That's what's causing the pain. When you push on the tooth, when you bite on it, even when you talk, the tongue moves, it'll wiggle the tooth. It, the pain is coming from that tissue. That tissue also tends to be very necrotic and very inflamed, and it bleeds easily. And it's, 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 a, it's a sizable amount of pain. It's not a 10, but it's always worrisome because it's a five or six. And every time you move it, you get like a little, a little a bump of pain. That tissue is what's keeping that tooth from falling out, even though it's probably ready to come out. And I'll give you some tips on on how to deal with that. So again, it's the movement of the tooth, pushing on it, bouncing it around with your tongue. Sometimes the pain can be spontaneous, especially in the middle of the night, because you're lying down. And when you lie down, if there's any inflamed tissue, that tissue tends to get a little bit more blood and it starts throbbing a little bit. So to get out of pain immediately, this may sound counterintuitive, take your finger and push down on the tooth. Initially, it'll hurt a little bit and then it actually goes away. You're squeezing away a lot of that uh, pressure and and edema, swelling, and actually a lot of patients get relief out of that. Of course, that's just a Band-Aid. You do definitely want to get that tooth out of there. The adult tooth is coming in. You've got that necrotic tissue. So what I recommend is that chewing crunchy foods doesn't really work. Uh, I'm not sure where that came from, but that's often what people have been told. I would take your finger and push the tooth from the lingual side, from the tongue side, and maybe someone can do this for you, but I would recommend that you do it yourself because that way you can control how it feels and literally roll it over to the cheek side of the tooth. So you're going to take your finger, push on the inside of the tooth, and try and turn it over so that it curls up and around. Typically, the tissue is more connected on the cheek side of things, so you can do that. That literally is a hinge of tissue. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's the tongue action. And that's what I usually do. If I see a child that that has this issue, we roll the tooth over. Sometimes we'll put a little numbing gel around the tissue, let it soak in. Typically, I can flip the tooth up a little bit, get the numbing gel underneath the tissue, right on that swollen tissue. We let it sit for about two, three minutes, and then we literally roll the tooth over. And once it's over on its side, it's away from the tissue. It's only hanging on to that one little piece on the on the buckle side, on the cheek side. And then try and twist it a little bit or actually just keep pushing. And as you push down, it releases. It literally peels off of that tissue. Also, twisting. Twisting is better than chewing on a tooth. Uh, chewing on the tooth is just pushing it up and down and you're sensitizing that swollen tissue. But if you twist the tooth, that tends to be better. But the, the first technique is better, that rolling over the tissue. Of course, seeing a dentist would be helpful. A lot of the time, a hygienist can do this for you very quickly. Um, you can talk to your mom about this and tell her what I said. And of course, if you wait long enough, this tooth will come out. Um, and I'm sorry it's preventing you from talking. You've got a wonderful voice and you asked that question so nicely. Uh, it would be great if we can get you talking again in comfort. So definitely try that. Also rinsing with salt water before and after will really heal up that tissue nicely. It also tends to calm down any swelling and bleeding from that tissue. And again, it's not a cut. It's not a wound. It's not an infection. This is just necrotic 
tissue that sometimes gets in between the tooth that is erupting, the adult tooth underneath, and the baby tooth that is on its way out, and it does not have any root structure anymore, that has all resolved. I'm sorry, resorbed. Anyway, that's all very normal. Again, thank you for asking that question and thanks for having the courage to ask it. And always, if you're listening out there and you're between the ages of five and and 85, you know what? Come see us. If it's something that's not a big deal, we're, we're, we're not going to shame you or we're just happy to see you. We'll give you an explanation. We'll take care of it for you. And there's no need for you to suffer. So again, Izzy, thank you so much for asking that question. Next question is from Calhoun. This is a very important topic. I'm going to talk about saliva, pH, how that affects the oral microbiome, which leads to decay, but from a source that most people wouldn't think would be an issue, and that is recovering from throat cancer. It could also be tongue cancer. So Calhoun, here's your moment to ask the question. I'm going to get into this after we hear from you. After my surgery in 2017, for throat cancer and the radiation that followed, I have been using a fluoride-based paste in mouth appliances every day. I would like to replace this with something that is non-fluoride. Calhoun, I'm uh, glad to hear that you seem to be doing well. You you had throat cancer uh, in 2017, and it is now 2023. And you're concerned, obviously, about your teeth. So, so I take that as a good sign. Happy to hear that. So I think everyone's going to be surprised by my answer. I'm against fluoride. Fluoride does get absorbed through the oral mucosa, through the cheeks and floor of the mouth. It does get into the bloodstream and does get to the brain. It can, uh, it's, it's, it affects mostly a developing brain. And I, I'm not being facetious here, but and I'm speaking for myself. My I'm 64. My brain is not developing anymore. Uh, certainly, any more injury to it would not be good. But I'm I'm less concerned about a person of of my age. For a developing child, certainly I I would try and find and recommend some kind of alternative. The reason I'm not going to mention hydroxyapatite, whether it's nano or micro, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, piece that out a little bit, is because there, it really isn't, in this case, a good alternative. After surgery, the surgery you had, which is a pretty serious surgery, and, and your voice sounds good, so I'm, I'm glad some of it was, was uh, preserved. The, the saliva glands, and this is after surgery, but especially after the radiation treatment, the saliva glands get shut down and sometimes they don't recover. They don't fully recover. In fact, very often they don't. They don't come back to full, uh, to their full abilities to produce saliva. And without saliva, the oral microbiome is affected within hours. Uh, the oral microbiome needs the pH stabilization effects of saliva. It also needs the fluidity and the viscosity of saliva to create biofilms. And so without saliva, your decay rate goes up by quite a bit. In fact, this is a very common and known problem post-cancer and the saliva glands, also with age, the saliva glands don't do as well. And certainly with the radiation therapy, the saliva glands are damaged. And your saliva flow is either zero or close to zero or greatly, greatly affected. And that will increase your propensity, your predilection to getting decay. And that is why... The physicians and your dentist, typically it's your dentist. If it's a, an enlightened physician, they, they will recommend this. Uh, 
a tray-based system. These are custom-made trays that fit your teeth perfectly. They can even, in this case, unlike a whitening tray or bleaching tray, they can overlap the gums a little bit, and it holds a very strong prescription-strength fluoride gel onto your teeth. It could be at night, which is when saliva levels go down even lower. In your case, it may not make any difference, but applying this three, four, five, six times a day will help remineralize your teeth. I would also recommend artificial saliva every hour on the hour, on top of the hour. Uh, I would squirt a artificial saliva into your mouth. Have it, have it in your pocket, have it nearby, and every hour squirt a little artificial saliva into your mouth. That is a, it's called biotine gel. It's been around for a long time. Try and stay away from the other products, their mouthwash and their toothpaste. What they're trying to do with those products is they're trying to stimulate saliva flow. And of course, in your case, that's not possible. I mean, it's like being a type 1 diabetic. The, the pancreas cannot produce any insulin. So, so you're going to replace your saliva with biotin. You're going to help remineralize your teeth using this very prescription strength, strong fluoride gel. It's usually 5,000 parts per million as opposed to 500 to 1,500 parts per million in toothpaste. And, you know, Fluoride does remineralize teeth. The reason I try and stay away and, and steer people away from fluoride, especially with young children and fetuses, is that fluoride is toxic to the brain. And at those levels, whether it's ingested in water or applied in toothpaste, there are alternatives. The, the major one, the safe one, the one that is biomimetic, in other words, it mimics nature, it is hydroxyapatite. comes in two forms, nano and micro, but... Hydroxyapatite is what the teeth are made up of, and it is now available in toothpaste. So the studies show that a hydroxyapatite at 10% in microform, which is just the raw form of hydroxyapatite, in toothpaste, for example, is as effective as 500, even 1,000 or 1,500 parts per million of fluoride in toothpaste. What you're getting, though, in that very strong prescription-strength fluoride, and again, it's a prescription because if a child swallows it, it, it can cr- cause a lot of damage uh, to the teeth and, and, and also in, in other regards as well. So, so, But it is good at remineralizing teeth. What I'm afraid of is I wouldn't want to steer you towards a hydroxyapatite product because those are at most 10%. And the uptake is excellent, but it may not, there are no studies that compare it to prescription strength fluoride at this point. Now, having said that though, there is a nano form. There's a lot of controversy over nano. It has been approved. There are a lot of websites out there. There's one in particular that says that it was outlawed and, and, and you know, it was considered to be a toxin. That is not the case. The European uh, community, the EU, the SCCS, that's a very elite group of scientists that have no biases. They're not paid for their work. They have said that the 10% of nano, and again, I'm bringing up nano because the uptake of nano, smaller particles instead of micro, it is a synthetic product because it has been manufactured into smaller pieces, but a very specific form of the nano, rod-shaped, they give specific dimensions and strength. They capped it at 10 or less, 10%. That that is safe, and the reason I bring up nano is because nano could work for you. And by the way, that 10%, what I've heard from people in the EU, um, is that that was just 
kind of a, a line drawn in the sand. It's probably safe at 15 or 20 or 30%. So at some point in time, there will be a nanohydroxyapatite varnish. I'm not guessing this. I'm not making this up. I, I know of a product that's going to hit the market soon. And what I would recommend is that you stay tuned to our, for example, our Instagram feed uh, or sign up for our newsletter. I'll I'll put links in in the show notes. And as soon as that's available, you're going to hear me talking about it because this would be a wonderful thing. All the children up until age 14 that get regular bi-yearly fluoride treatments or varnishes, they they are being exposed to very high levels of fluoride. The levels of fluoride in varnish are much higher than what you're taking uh, at 5,000 parts per million, and that's damaging their brain. So, of course, I'm going to broadcast this news as soon as it becomes available, and a lot of functional dentists have been waiting for this product because they feel bad either not offering fluoride varnish because it does have remineralization benefits, or offering it and and then sometimes having to explain to the parents, hey, I'm I'm, you know, it, it's tough for me to watch, you know, my my uh, young patients suffer from decay. It, it's a it's a double edged sword. So so when this varnish becomes available, I would recommend putting this varnish into your trays, and it will work. You won't have to deal with fluoride toxicity. And in fact, I can't say for sure on this topic, but I do think that the efficacy, the therapeutic effect of a 10 or 15, 20% nano-based hydroxyapatite varnish will easily work as well Actually, it'll work better than the five part, the 5,000 parts per million, which is the prescription strength toothpaste that you're using now or gel. And it will equal and perhaps even exceed in therapeutic effect, uh, the much stronger fluoride varnishes that are out there. And these fluoride varnishes have other horrible toxins in them like butane. And I I don't want to get into that on this episode. It's, it's, it's quite alarming. So anyway, there are a lot of dentists that are waiting for this product. Uh, I've been waiting for it for a long time. And and in a way, I think, you know, based on your question, you've been waiting for this as well. So stay tuned to our Instagram feed. I'm hoping it'll happen by the end of this year. And as soon as that becomes available, I would recommend that. That's the only product I can recommend other than the fluoride that you're using. So again, I'm just trying to be very careful, very cautious give you all the information, be transparent. It would be easy for me to say, just go ahead and use, for example, the Risewell toothpaste, which is uh, a 5% micro nano formulation, but I just am not sure that that's going to be enough for you. And I would hate to see uh, you have any more issues uh, in your mouth, any more aggressive decay and and et cetera, et cetera. So again, thank you for asking that question. It allowed me to talk about things I haven't spoken about on this uh, podcast. And uh, I have high hopes for this varnish that is coming. And I hope that it will satisfy your desire to get fluoride out of your life and and to help keep your teeth in, in good shape. So again, thank you for that question and, and good luck to you. It sounds like you're doing well. I hope that continues. All right, that wraps up this episode of Ask the Dentist. Uh, two great questions. Izzy, you're going to be a great patient. Thank you for being so concerned about things in your mouth. And Calhoun, I just wanted to add some, uh, I just thought of some other things that may help you. Saliva is very important for you right now. And if you do fall asleep with your mouth open every night, that 
definitely would increase your decay rate and by drying out your mouth. So I would try mouth taping. Uh, ask ask uh, your dentist and your physician if that's okay for you. If you're able to breathe your nose, uh, I would try mouth taping. That does keep your mouth much moister uh, and and hence prevents or at least slows down the rate of, of decay. So definitely try mouth taping. And also seek out the the help or or the the advice of a functional dentist. Uh, we have a directory on our website. It's um, the uh, link is ask the dentist slash directory. Uh, a functional dentist will have better will have better suggestions for you um, in terms of trying to keep decay preventing decay. Again, your case is is a challenge. And certainly you need someone who's really on top of this. So, But it sounds like you're doing well with the trays and the fluoride for now. And again, stay tuned to our Instagram account or go to our, sign up for our newsletter. If you go to askthedentist.com, the, the first window that comes up, there is a place where you can uh, fill out your, fill in, put in your information, your name and your email. And you will every, I think it's twice a month, you will get an email from me, a newsletter talking about the latest in oral health. Health, functional dentistry, some kind of overview and reviews of recent research, uh, and uh, we've we've got almost forty thousand subscribers. I'm very proud of that newsletter. Unfortunately, we're we're not one hundred percent consistent because it takes a lot of time to review these studies and to put it all out there for you and and make it make it digestible so that you can learn from this information. And remember, when you learn from the latest research and you digest the latest research, you're typically ten to fifteen, sometimes twenty years ahead of what you're going to get when you go see a clinician. Uh, that's just the way it works. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not happy with that, but that it takes a while for this information to get into the clinician's mind, especially new clinicians, because the curriculum is always follows the latest research and data uh, by 10 to 15 years. Uh, so again, if you have, need more information, sign up for the newsletter. You can go to our website, askthedentist.com. And if you would like to ask a question for this podcast, please go to speakpipe.com slash ask the dentist and ask your question. I will, I try and get to all of them. Obviously I can't do that. We're getting literally thousands of questions a week, but I do pick out the ones that allows me to provide a, a teaching moment that's universal to a lot of patients. And, and again, uh, Izzy's question was a perfect example of that. And certainly Calhoun's question. Again, thank you so much for listening and thank you for your interest in oral health. I think by being interested in oral health, you're cognizant of the fact that this is what is required for optimal health. If your mouth is not healthy, you can never be fully optimally healthy from a systemic kind of global standpoint. So again, thanks for agreeing with that concept and supporting me on that. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to Ask the Dentist. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Mike Fry. Drop me a line at mark at askthedentist.com if you have any comments or suggestions. I'd love to hear them. And if you liked this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app. Thanks for listening and especially for taking an interest in oral health. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. 
This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com slash directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.